Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Banker Next Door. I am your host, Dr. Joe Berquist. Uh, today, I wanted to talk to everybody about treasury funding. Uh, this has become a huge topic, obviously, in, in banking and finance and, and economics right now. So I wanted to get into right here. I wanted to show this chart. I wanted to go into three articles today, just, just again, getting into the issue of the Treasury Department and how they are funding our U.S. debt. If uh, if anybody watched my um, episode on U.S. national debt, I would suggest you go back and take a look at that. But here we go. So the U.S. issued record $22.7 trillion in debt last year. You can see how just the debt has absolutely exploded here. Uh, particularly over the last four years. Now, obviously 2020 because of the COVID pandemic and everything, but the point here is that that spending has not, um, it, it decreased a little bit here for, you know, 21, 22, but then it just popped out. I mean, you know, so the U.S. government issued a record 22.7 trillion of treasuries in 2023, the latest SIFMA data shows. That topped even 2020's debt deluge, which included just under 21 trillion of debt to finance COVID-19 stimulus packages. Roughly 7 trillion of last year's debt was sold in the fourth quarter alone. A decade ago, that's about what the Treasury Department would sell annually. So this gets back to what I talked about in the US debt in the, the US national debt episode where I described about basically how the national debt is just completely out of control and about how we need our federal government to get spending under control and we need to reduce spending. Um, there was a video that I saw actually on X this week that basically pointed out um, that the, 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 the interest alone that we're going to pay on the debt in the next like five to 10 years is going to pretty much eat up the entire budget. Uh, I, I mean, everything. It's going to it's it is going to cost literally every dollar the the whatever the four point six trillion dollars in taxes that we bring in every year to the federal government from tax revenues. Uh, it's going to eat all that up. I mean, that's how that's how catastrophic uh, this situation is about to become in the next five years if we can't do something here. So and tying into that, here was a very interesting article I saw in The Wall Street Journal last week, and this is called The Most Important Man in Finance You've Never Heard Of. Uh, Josh Frost has more than 100 Wall Street sources helping him make a big decision on Wednesday. He hopes most of America doesn't notice. Yeah, they, they, re yeah, they really don't want America uh, paying attention to this right now, uh, realizing that the national debt has gotten completely out of hand and completely out of control. So Mr. Josh Frost here, he is the Treasury Department's Assistant Secretary for financial markets, he sets the mix of U.S. government bonds sold to investors, a process guided by the department's mantra to be regular and predictable. So the decisions that he and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and other department leaders make about the composition of billions in short-term bills or long-term bonds available in the market fueled both a bond market route and a bond market rally in 2023. So robust economic data had raised the possibility that the Fed would have to hold interest rates higher for longer, and the deficit for the fiscal prior year had turned out to be larger 
than forecasters had expected. In other words, the year before, uh, you know, the Biden administration was telling everybody that, oh, yeah, all this spending's under control. It's not a problem. It's not really that big of a deal. Uh, we can handle it. You know, Janet Yellen was out there making the round saying, yeah, we can afford to pay for a uh, hundred wars and finance all these crises and we're fine. We got no problems. And then the reality hit like a thunderbolt boom that uh, no, they can't. And no, this forecast is way much way larger than they had predicted so this uh so so what did this lead to this is the, that meant that the treasury had to sell more debt to pay the government's bills just as demand was softening the result was a rapid run-up in long-term rates which rose as prices fell the yield on the 10-year note had been scraping five percent in the days before the group treasury's borrowing advisory committee debated whether frost should pull back on the amount of long-term debt he offered the following day so in other words if anyone has also seen by the episode that I did on the yield curve, you will understand that the yield curve has been dramatically what's called inverted, and it has been the longest and deepest inversion on record. The yield curve was about was just about to go back. It was about to revert back into positive territory. Now, a lot of people would say, well, that's a good thing. Uh, no, it's not. Actually, when the yield curve reverts back, that means the recession is, is basically months away, potentially from just hitting uh, like it's like a tsunami in this case coming coming home. So they they basically so the, the the treasury panicked and basically said, oh no 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 no, we cannot let that happen. So the very next morning on November first, Frost revealed the treasury's decision. He and other treasury officials had listened to the minority and cut back on the size of increases in ten year and thirty year debt auctions. He also signaled a willingness to rely more on short term debt, which investors have been happy to snap up. The plan, while only a tweak from what most investors had expected, was a pleasant surprise across Wall Street. A bond rally emerged with the 10-year yield eventually dropping below 4% in December. Mission accomplished. They they basically pushed the, the they kept the in curve inverted, pushing it further down. Kramer, the CNBC host, was thrilled, dubbing Frost the savior of the bond market. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Some analysts saw something more ominous in the reaction, however. To them, the minor deviation from expectations raised questions about Treasury's commitment to its regular and predictable strategy, an approach adopted in the 1970s to reduce market volatility and lower borrowing costs over time. Um, Stephen Murin, a Treasury official during the Trump administration, said a surprise again next week could start to erode market expectations about Treasury issuance. If they repeat what they did in November, then you run the risk of changing the rules of the game. So hmm, very interesting. So now we get to our final article here. So what investors need to know about the U.S. government's borrowing plan. So the Treasury will reveal its debt issuance strategy for the next three months on Wednesday. So what do we have here? So. As we scroll down here, you will see this says not so sleepy anymore. So the dangers of large deficits became apparent in August when larger than anticipated borrowing needs drove officials to increase the size of the longer term debt auctions by more than investors expected. The announcement dealt a fresh blow to a market already under pressure from speculation that the Fed would keep interest rates higher for longer. The yield on the 10 year note touched 5% in late October for the first time in 16 years. Investors got a second surprise at the next 
funding, a refunding on November 1st when the Treasury increased long-term debt auctions by smaller amounts, leaning instead on short-term debt that helped spur a reversal and longer-term yields which set a floor on interest rates on everything from mortgages to corporate bonds. So mortgage, mortgage, so that, and again, that's kind of a recap of what we just talked about, but, it, but again, just looking at, you know, what they did, they, they cut back the spending on long-term treasuries. In other words, 30-year treasuries, 15-year treasuries, and they started buying all the short-term treasuries to force down the 10-year yield. They wanted to get the 10-year yield back down under 5%, hopefully down to about 4% where it's been hovering. So uh, calmer outlook. So market conditions heading into Wednesday's refundings are much calmer than they were last year. Treasury yields have fallen sharply since their October highs, though they have bounced back a little this year. Confident the Fed will start cutting rates this year as investors have warmed to bonds, making the prospect of increasing auction sizes seem less daunting. Many on Wall Street expect the Treasury will increase auctions by the same amount as it did in the previous quarter. That means, for example, that it would increase the sizes of two-year and five-year note auctions by $3 billion each month over the next three months, while boosting 10-year auctions by $2 billion over the previous quarter. In other words, in other words keep, the in, keep, the in, keep the yield curve in, in, a, in, a, in a reversion at all costs. Keep, that, keep the 10-year Treasury at 4% or below and keep that yield curve inverted. Keep it inverted at all costs. Um, uncertainty remains. Even so, it, it isn't as if investors have gone back to the days of ignoring the refunding. There is still uncertainty about which officials will announce for the, for the coming quarter. Um, analysts at Barclays, for example, are predicting that officials will once again surprise investors by going with a smaller increase to the 10-year note auction, lifting it by $1 billion instead of $2 billion. Um, and then what are some wild cards? Beyond this week's announcement, a few different factors could change the Treasury's borrowing plans over the coming year. One is the deficit itself, which can prove hard to predict. Nah, not really. It's going to be bad. Through the first three months of the current fiscal year, it was running a bit larger than it was last year. Ah, really? No, you're kidding. Still, on Monday, the Treasury announced that it would need to borrow a little less in the current quarter than it had projected in November. Another factor is what the Fed decides to do with nearly $8 trillion, its nearly $8 trillion portfolio of bonds and other assets. Uh, well, they're going to, uh, so well, it says, well, okay, I'll, I'll, before I say this, so in June of 2022, the central bank stated, started shrinking its treasury holdings by $60 billion a month, allowing some of its bonds to mature without replacing them. The process known as quantitative tightening has the effect of reducing bank deposits at the Fed left in place indefinitely. It would likely cause dislocations in short-term lending markets because banks would be less willing to part with their cash. Um, yes, Absolutely. Um, so I would I would predict that the Fed is going to stop. They're going to stop the quantitative tightening. They are going to stop selling off these things on their balance sheet, uh, at least for a time period. And they're basically going to they're basically going to say, no, 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 no. We got to you know, we got to stop. We're going to we're going to stop selling this. We're going to leave this debt on our balance sheet. If you go if you go back to the episode I did on the Fed last week, you'll get a little bit more understanding of that a little bit more in depth. But. So what is so in, in other words, what in a nutshell is this? Like I, I represented these, I, I presented these three articles to everybody here. What I'm trying to give everybody a flavor for again is that the debt is out of control. Our spending is out of control. We this needs to be reined in. This is going to become a bigger and bigger problem. The Treasury is going to have to try to find more creative ways 
um, they're playing games right now to try to stave off the inevitable recession that they know is coming. They want the they want to keep the yield curve the yield curve inverted. They want to keep that ten year Treasury rate down. Um, you know, they want to do this because they're trying to keep the economy kind of limping along here. Um, and you know, this is going to become a bigger and bigger problem because they're going to have to fund more and more debt as that national debt grows. They're going to have to fund more of it. Um, who's going to buy it right now? You know, China and Japan were our two biggest buyers. They're eh, they're they're not really buying so much right now. Um, you also have the BRICS issue out there that could be coming in. So, um, but it, but and ultimately, this all plays into what's also what's called the the repo market. And I would just say that I just got this fascinating book here on the repo market called "The Repo Market: Shorts, Shortages, and Squeezes," written by Scott Skyrim. Um, can't wait, can't wait to read this book and check it out and see what it says. Uh, see if we can get a little bit deeper here into the repo market and, and what's going on with all that. But, um, but again, something that we, we have to keep an eye on, like I said, I'm going to keep beating the drum of, we need to reduce the spending. We have to reduce the spending. We have to get this under control. Otherwise this is going to lead to just bigger and bigger problems down the road. So let's, like I said, um, you know, again, again, I find the interesting thing is that they're they're hoping that most investors don't notice. Uh, and I would say, no, we're, we're, we're noticing, we're noticing, and we're going to continue to keep an eye on this and see what happens. And, uh, you know, hopefully this, this will not, uh, hopefully this will not parlay into um, a giant mess that I think it has the potential to turn into. But, you know, we'll see, we'll keep an eye on it. But I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. If you like it, you know, please make sure to be, give a like. Uh, make sure to, to, you know, subscribe, share. Uh, that always helps the channel. And I hope everyone will come back and check out some of the other episodes I posted this week. And I hope to see everybody again real soon. Thanks a lot. <laughs>